What if Charles Lindbergh had completed the first solo crossing of the Atlantic Ocean in 1927 in a plane labeled the Spirit of Peoria instead of the Spirit of St. Louis? On this week's episode of Postmark Peoria, WCBU correspondent Steve Charter chats with Greg Wall about how he and co-author Charles Bobbitt came to research Peoria's Lindbergh connection in their book, It Didn't Play in Peoria. Uh, when we pitched the idea to the publisher, the idea they liked the best was uh, Charles Lindbergh, that he went to Peoria Money Men first for his flight across the Atlantic because they thought that would change history. Even though it was conjecture, there wasn't hard fact on that he was rejected, but the chances were pretty high that he had pitched the idea to Peoria Money Men because Peoria had at that time a very, had a big, a big air community. Right. And so they were big into it. And Peoria was part of the uh, air carrier route number two in the country. So, And it was the right size. In one of his autobiographies, Lindbergh said that Chicago was too big to go around soliciting funds and uh, would waste a lot of time. Being young, he didn't know how to really approach money men to uh, loosen their uh, offers <laughs> for a flight. So uh, Peary was the right size and the right temperament. And the there's problem, money here. I've always felt that... Um... And I know uh, different reasons exist for this, but the area at Grand Prairie is very close to where the old airfield was historically that, that Lindbergh landed in when he was, you know, driving the mail between what St. Louis and Chicago. He'd drop mail here and, you know, he'd be coming there. And I always thought that warranted some kind of a statue or a marker, even though he wasn't directly on that site, but it was pretty close. Yeah. The uh, publisher is a on the East Coast, and they were just fascinated that Peoria had a connection to, to Lindbergh. The first airfield was more toward Mount Holly area. Right. The second field was the one out, out by uh, Grand Prairie. Right. And from what one person who kind of knew something about it was a grandson of said that where Dick's Sporting Goods is where the... Uh, Hanger was. Oh, so it was right there. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was close enough to be. Very close. And uh, you're right. I mean, it's just one of those things where people have no idea. And yeah, love him or hate him. He was a, a real superstar. Oh, yeah. In the 20s, late 20s and the 30s and the 40s. So what kind of feedback, Greg, have you, have you gotten from people after they you know read your books? Plenty of that they didn't realize all the famous people from Peoria. Uh, they they know the, the biggies, but they right. weren't really uh, familiar with others who were uh, shining lights in their own different fields. And uh, uh, certainly the Lindbergh story was one that they weren't real familiar with. When I wrote the story about Lindbergh, he uh, wrote to the curator of the Smithsonian Space and Air Museum and uh, he was a Lindbergh scholar, and he kind of felt that the has a has we outlined it that pretty much that probably happened that he would go to a, a town and you know do a trial balloon before he'd go to St. Louis where he had all his uh, contacts. Right. Because if you if you screw up at 
at in St. Louis, uh, there there was no place to go but down, <laughs> and uh, so you can uh, fine tune your your pitch to uh, St. Louis where you have a much better opportunity. Postmark Peoria is a co-production of WCBU and Mike Sable. To hear even more stories about Peoria history, subscribe to the Postmark Peoria podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or NPR One.